Folks, a very warm welcome to our latest Generation podcast, a podcast where we talk about mission, we talk about just general stuff. Church life is beamed all the way from Scotland, but we are international in our perspective. And today I've got an old friend with me, uh, John McKinnon. I have not seen you, John, for about 20 years. Good to see you. It's great to be here, David, a real privilege, and as you rightly say, I think a couple of decades have passed, so uh, good to see you looking well. That's right, yeah, because I'm Smithton, you were with SU then, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. For quite a bit of my time, I was the National Evangelist for Scripture Union and uh, covered the whole of Scotland. And we were at Smithton, a uh, great privilege to be at Smithton, actually, as part of a, a schools-wide mission throughout Inverness and various different venues throughout the uh, Inverness area have been used at night. So it was great to be there with you. Yeah, these were good days, but, you know, things move on and things change. Um, tell me what you're doing these days. Yes, yeah, certainly. I'm currently serving as the training director for UK and Ireland. And if truth be told, because of where we've been in the pandemic, it was interesting you said there, David, that you beam from Scotland, but you beam out throughout the world. And the reality is that that's becoming uh, ever increasingly true for ourselves. But I'm the training director for Word One to One Ministries, wordone1to1.com. Uh, the wordone1to1.com. Uh, so you can visit that on the website. But really, the vision uh, of that particular particular ministry is to uh, raise up joyful Bible sharers in all the congregations uh, of the UK and Ireland and in fact throughout the seas, uh, overseas throughout the world. Uh, so what we do is really train and enable people to uh, show people Jesus, to take the good news of the gospel by opening up the, the word of God, to become uh, a joyful page turner of God's word with other people. Uh, and that's who I work for. Uh, as part of that, I'm also uh, seconded the delivery team of the Word One to One are also seconded to a passion for life. And that's mobilising and motivating the churches to work together in mission, working towards uh, a mission event in 2022, but in truth, trying to kind of strengthen the whole culture of mission, the culture of evangelism in the local churches. Okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll talk about Word One to One in a wee minute. I want to yeah, sure thing. passion for life there. One of the things I really love about it is uh, it's not just an event, okay? I think, I think you know, society's changed. We've all changed. The, you know, Billy Graham 1950s one-off events, even in the, the stuff that you and I were involved mm. in 20 years ago. Um, so... Would you describe Passion for Life as, yes, it is an event, but it's more than that? Talk me through the philosophy. Yes, certainly, without that, that'd be a real privilege. Uh, and without that, you're right. I mean, I think uh, historically the church has been prayerful about events, it's supported events, it's given uh, financially and brought people to uh, events. But I think all of us within the life of the local church long for what we do in evangelism, in actual fact, just, uh, I suppose the difference in terms of the culture of evangelism is that's something which is enduring, it's lasting, it's something that we want want to take place uh, every single day and in the place uh, where God has put us. And so uh, A Passion for Life, if you were to go to the website for that, uh, apassionforlife.org.uk, uh, then the opening to that would say, uh, a month of mission, a lifetime of evangelism. 
a passion for life. And that lifetime uh, of evangelism is really at the core uh, of all that we're about and a passion for life. Uh, the, the website that uh, is there now and folks can access that, but we're constantly populating that. Uh, and when you look at the, the various streams of that website, David, there are three aspects to it. Uh, the first stream is the whole area of strengthening the mission culture within our church. And although that stream is principally in the church leaders, uh, the reality there we want through podcasts similar to the ones you're doing to strengthen your own uh, church culture. Uh, we want to do podcasts, articles, blogs. Uh, we want to pull people together from throughout the UK and Ireland, uh, church leaders, to pray together, uh, to speak together, to hold webinars together for iron to sharpen iron and to strengthen all that we're seeking to do uh, for the gospel, for the glory of God in our local congregation. The second stream of that is personal evangelism training. And, and rather than, again, when we talk about the old events, when we used to uh, have the event and the event would organise strategic centres for training, what we want to do in A Passion for Life is develop a kind of modular training programme that allows local churches, maybe out of a menu of 26, 28 different uh, personal evangelism training modules, to take something that they can use in their context. Uh, and so we will seek to uh, do training there and how uh, everyday uh, disciples of Jesus, everyday followers of Christ uh, can engage with the community where God has put them. We'll seek to equip them biblically as to how they can know the gospel, love the gospel, live the gospel. We'll seek to uh, show them ways uh, in which they can uh, articulate the gospel, cross the pain barrier. Uh, Rico Tice is you know, part of all that we're doing. Rico often talks about that whole business of crossing the pain barrier. But also all of what we're doing is grounded in the local church because we go as the local church, as church leaders, as church pastors, pastors, we've always known that it's not the church that does evangelism. The church is really called to equip our people that they might do evangelism. And so a passion for life uh, is really drawing along, trying to resource that side. Uh, and then the final stream of a passion for life is the whole idea of mission ideas, mission resources, ways in which we can do meaningful events. Uh, it's not that the day of the event is over, but in actual fact, you know, we want to make them meaningful. But I think we've got to prepare our people so that they're sharing their faith on a daily basis and in actual fact what we find is that the more people do that the events become much more fruitful because they've got that uh, relational uh, basis for invitation they've got that kind of uh, you know they, they've built up within themselves a witness amongst their friends which is attractive uh, and their friends are drawn to that so really what we're trying to do uh, is resource all of that and encourage our churches to come together to partner together uh, we're partners in grace we're partners in prayer we're partners in the gospel. Right, so will local churches be able to make this kind of almost bespoke to their own situation? In the, will, the, will the facilitators be based in the local church or will they all come from afar? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of our desires is that everything we provide, the local church should be able to take that and, as you rightly say, bespoke that for their situation, for their context. They're, what we can do in terms of a, you know, a movement like ourselves is we can provide good resource to the life of the local church. We can be an arm around the shoulder of those that are doing this day in and day out. Uh, but none of us have all the answers 
and none of us know each of our own context. And nobody knows that better than ourselves. And so what we want to do in, in, in the resourcing is provide resource material, provide resource training. And if I probably the best way to show that is the personal evangelism track. In terms of the personal evangelism training modules, what we long to do with that is there will be a, a video presenter who'll maybe do 15 minutes or so on two or three principles that are unchanging, that can be applied into any situation. Uh, but with that, uh, there will also come sort of breakout group discussion, even some practical ways in which we can begin to familiarise ourselves with that. But the other thing that we'll always provide is a transcript, because it may well be that some of the presenters we'll use may be right for your context, they may not. And so none of them are precious about the fact that, you know, a local church leader might say, you know, that's great material, uh, but it's coming from a context that's far removed from us. So I'm going to take the transcript and I'm going to teach that or I'm going to have someone else. The, the other thing we want to do alongside that, because we all know that we, we want to, to move away from the professional. This is all about, you know, about all of us as the body of Christ, as everyday members uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ communicating the gospel. And so we want to create a bank of testimonies. Now, you and I, we all love the stories of a person's conversion, but the testimonies that we want to have in that bank are, are the testimonies of everyday members of the church who just got it and started to share their faith and started to communicate the faith and started to befriend and started to serve in the community in which God has placed them. And so it should come as an encouragement, not as the professionals, but as the participants, all of us out there uh, doing what God has called us to do. So that that whole principle of bespoking is, is so uh, important to what we're trying to deliver. In terms of strengthening culture, one of the greatest things there, David, and you and I know that we can catch up with each other after so many years. But the first thing you want to do is encourage each other in what we're doing. Uh, and so the great thing about the strengthening culture is that folks uh, are meeting folks from around the country. And a great experience just two weeks back. Folks gathered to pray. Uh, they were put into breakout groups randomly, it has to be said. Uh, but the next day, my inbox filled with specific answers to specific prayers and to people encouraging each other the length and breadth of the country, which has got to be good news. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we ran a thing last uh, couple of years ago called Generation 19. We're doing a thing as a denomination called Gospeling the Gospel. It's very similar, but what we're actually doing as a denomination, a generation, um, the mission arm of the Free Church of Scotland, <clears throat> we're really behind Passion for Life and we're going to push it Hopefully you or Craig or someone will be going round our presbyteries just talking about it, getting it out to the congregations. Because at the end of the day, it's not us in the office here. It's not you guys that are doing it. It's the people doing it. And one of the advantages here is that, you know, we can put our denominational resources to our thing. But if you do something that's national plus Ireland, then you've not only got the, the financial resources, the prayer resources, but the experience resources of folk of all the four nations of the UK and Ireland. And that's got to bring in a kaleidoscope of experiences. Uh, is that what you're hoping? 
Very much so. Uh, and was so encouraged by the, the kind of early adopters and everything else. It just uh, takes time. I, I'm really encouraged about all that God is doing in the free church in Scotland. And, and obviously Scotland as a nation still uh, very much a real passion of my heart. And in actual fact, I'm due to speak to one of your presbyteries uh, in the next week or so. And looking forward uh, to that experience. At the, at the moment, we're still in Zoom, uh, but hopefully in time uh, in person. Something I'd happily do. But that, that kaleidoscope you talk about about is exactly what we want to create. Uh, folks from all over the country sharing best practice, encouraging one another, praying for one another, even uh, being called upon by one another uh, to help out in what we're doing uh, in seeking to communicate the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, my great friend and colleague Craig Dyer there of Christianity Explored. And uh, and our own podcast, uh, Craig does what you do here uh, in Generation Podcast. So if you register for a passion for life, uh, one of the things you can do is you can uh, listen to the podcast there. And, and, uh, and interesting enough, the first podcast that Craig did uh, was with Paul Clark at St Andrew's Free Church. And of course, uh, Paul's uh, a lovely guy and a great enthusiast for the good news of our gospel. And uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful podcast. And so he shared that. And uh, he's done another with Rico Tice. She'll be uh, hearing from Felix Aremo down in London uh, in the next little while. And there's a whole host of people lined up, uh, similar to yourself, at the back of that. Uh, and again, all of them just encouraging us, sharing us, uh, sharing with us, inspiring us. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed listening to some of the Generation podcasts from uh, around the globe uh, and these things are a great encouragement a great inspiration uh, and at times a great challenge to just relighting that fire underneath us about what a wonderful gospel message we have what a great story what a great saviour uh, and how could we communicate him effectively in today's culture yeah and on the website I mean it's going to be big in Easter 2022 there's lots of ideas there aren't there I mean there's well, there's, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 ideas there. So it's not prescriptive, but it's just suggestive. Um, is that going to be built on as people share their experiences? Yes. I, I, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that happened, our first webinar, in fact, the, the, the ideas that we put up this year just for this Easter, because, again, go back to the premise we began with, this is not just about one week of event or, you know, one month of event. Uh, so there's a month of mission, as you rightly say, uh, you know, uh, March, April 2022, and we're excited about that. And it's great to be in mission together, and it's great to fly under, you know, a, a, a brand that we can all recognise with and that we can use that. Uh, in a way that's effective for a local church. But it is about deepening that culture of mission, that culture of evangelism. Uh, and so what we want to do is build on this through the, the, the whole of the year. I, I keep saying for everyone who registers that for, for myself, in terms of strengthening mission culture in the local church and providing personal evangelism training resource, that's got to be a two-way street. You know, you need to be listening as much as you're speaking, because you need to be hearing where we can equip people. You know, even in the past week, I've had, you know, one person got in touch with me to say, John, as part of your training module, you are going to look about equipping us for the workplace and in the kind of culture we find ourselves. And absolutely is the answer to that. Somebody else phoned and said, John, can you give us ways in which we can effectively, creatively, intentionally reach the elderly uh, within our community? And absolutely, you know, that that's part of what we'll do. Uh, so we, we want to be adding to that uh, and interestingly what happened with the the ideas that come up for Easter uh, this year was we were talking about how the the pandemic has given us a great opportunity as churches 
uh, to recalibrate our focus. You know, I, when I was pastoring for the last 18 years, I've been pastoring a church in East Kilbride and, you know, we, we're, we're a lively church, a growing church. We're very connected to the community church. Thankfully, we're a church that uh, recorded, uh, you know, more and more conversions and baptisms. We're really encouraged by that. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that we were aware of, uh, you know, when we were kind of thinking about this kind of, you know, whole business of, you know, strengthening that culture of mission uh, is that there's, there's so much more uh, that we can do and we can do together. And so in terms of the ideas, I was saying, you know, we always wanted to press pause in a lot of activity and say, is this, you know, focused around the gospel? Is this centred around making Jesus known? Is this the mission of the church? Because there were many activities that we did that in a sense were probably, you know, Andrew Herb uses a great little phrase, focused in the barn rather than focused in the field. Uh, and we need to build up a group of people, but we, we were challenged by that. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, we, we did in this little webinar was we had a conversation around that about what opportunity does this present us? Well, pause was pressed for us with the pandemic. So we now all look and say, as we go back in, let's not just restart everything we were doing. Let's think about that and make that mission focused. So as part of that conversation, I just happened to say to the folks that were gathered, what are you doing this Easter? And of course, in the midst of a pandemic, a number of them were very honest and said, you know, this challenge is the first time I've thought about it. You know? And of course, they also said, and honestly, as a pastor of a church, I should have known it was coming. Uh, you know, But it, it was very honest and it was it was very humbling just to hear people be, then begin to share. So out of that, we started to uh, put a list up of creative ideas, none of it prescriptive, all of it ideas to stimulate uh, and to have local church leaders saying, we could do this, we could make this work in our situation uh, and contextualise that to their situation. And that's very much runs through all that we're doing. Right, here's a, maybe a, a curveball here, but I've found that folk who are really good personal evangelists are just not aware of that fact. And often folk who are intentional personal evangelists that really aren't very good because they scare people off. Mm -hmm. um, and folk have you know, done a programme really, you know, can be very, very intimidating. They're doing, you know, Genesis to Revelation in half a minute. They're going through the whole works. To me, that that's scary. So there's a wee thing in me that says that training for personal evangelism is not always a good thing. Now, when I say not always, hear me out here, I'm saying it, uh, it's almost always, but not always. And sometimes encouragement is what we need more than training. So I just want you to, to comment on this idea that you can go in too heavy. And have you got any tips just for the ordinary punter and uh, number 10 to Knightswood who just wants to talk about Jesus? Oh, I appreciate that, David. And can I say, I, I fully understand where you're coming from. I, I think a lot of folks that were as you described, maybe intentional evangelists, it can be that little bit over the top, that little bit heavy, that little bit kind of, you know, they feel the responsibility is on them to take a person from A to Z. I think one of the great things about what we're trying to do in A Passion for Life is in actual fact, first of all, open the eyes of the everyday believer to see I am a witness and I can share my faith, but I am uniquely who God has created me to be. Uh, so I'm not that person. 
I am not that person. I am who God has created me to be. But as who God has created me to be, I can share my faith. I think one of the great encouragements for me uh, is that God is the evangelist. God is at work uh, calling people to himself, drawing people to himself, but he works through us. Uh, he chooses by his spirit to work through us, uh, to communicate uh, his good news uh, to those that he is calling and drawing to himself. Uh, and the whole tone of what we're doing in these things is not about just that teaching. It's why it's modular. So there's a sense of which a local church leader could look and say, of the 28 things there, I'm going to use these six because they really help my people where they are at uh, and, and train them accordingly. And that, that you know, uh, to find that training whatever way you like. But it is about encouragement. It is about equipping. Uh, it is about enabling. Uh, and part of that encouragement, part of that equipping, part of that enabling is actually helping people to understand that God is at work, that he works through us, that very, I mean, the majority of people come to faith through the witness, the influence, the testimony of a friend. So, the, you know, as much as you, know, you and I as preachers and everything else would love it that they came to faith through uh, ourselves, that's not the case. Uh, the majority come to faith through uh, the witness and the influence, the testimony of, of the average person in the average, you know, seat in the average church in Scotland. That's how they come to, or, or throughout the UK or throughout the world. And that's how they come to faith uh, for the most part. Uh, and I think uh, one of the things is actually to let people realise that in the whole principle of what God does in calling people to himself, you know, we play a part in the A to Z, but we are not the A to Z. You know, so sometimes our part is that we make that loving connection and they get to know a Christian. We invite, you know, how many of us invite Christians to barbecues but don't actually invite the non-Christians to the barbecue at the same time? Uh, you know, we, we actually make the engagement, we make the connections. Uh, people start to get to know, you know, they're Christians and they believe that. And, you know, in the midst of all that life's thrown at them, they've got something that's lasting, enduring, and, and doesn't unsettle them. And there's an attraction about that. Uh, and some of those people then may begin to share their faith themselves and cross pain lines and risk friendships, you know, because that's the big challenge, isn't it? We always feel as if, uh, well, there is a way to cross a pain line. Uh, and if a person immediately says to you, you know, I'm not interested in that, well, you can just exit. You just wheel back. You know, you know the part that you've played. Uh, you know, we're not responsible for the A to Z. And I think some of the kind of worst of what you described was probably when we went to courses, get given a technique, and the technique went from A to Z. What we're doing is not teaching technique. What we're doing is encouraging God's people from God's word uh, that first and foremost, they are called to share their faith, uh, but not in that kind of guilt-ridden way that sometimes yeah. we used to do. Uh, but they... Uh, but to equip, encourage, enable them to do that in ways, you know, the, the best evangelists are those who do this naturally. You know, it's not forced. It's not uh, put upon. But in order to do that naturally, we do need to be equipped from God's word. We do need to be sensitive to what God is doing. We do need to be listening for the opportunity, you know, and uh, when I train people to be Bible sharers, uh, I mean, at one level, for me, that's one of the easiest things in the world. You know, you allow the word of God to do what the word of God does. Uh, and we turn the pages with people. And the reality is that when we, uh, when we encourage people with this and equip and enable them with this, I, I, what, I suppose my goal in all of this, David, is, is that 
the average person in the average seat in the average church who's a, who would consider themselves an average follower of Jesus can realize this is doable for them. They don't need to be that guy. You know, you, you, you'll be familiar with, you know, Sam Chan, Chan's great little book, you know, how to do evangelism without being that guy. You know, we, you know, you were probably describing that guy, you know, uh, and we all know uh, that guy and perhaps even sometimes we might have been perceived as that guy. Uh, but the reality is, I think, you know, going back to what you said about you and I, we look back to those days. At some level, there was a lot of what we did back then was good. But there was probably a lot as well that we've repented of because we realised we weren't equipping the people, you know, to actually share Jesus, to actually take them to the word of God, to actually allow God to do what he does. You know, we were at times we were getting in the road of that, you know. Yeah. And so you, you look at that and, and, and that's the parts we repent of. Uh, so I, I think that the whole tenor of that is very much this drawing alongside disciple-making, disciple-type work that we all long for, uh, and and that's what we're endeavouring to do. And there's probably many parts that we'll we'll get. Hopefully, we'll get right. There'll be other parts we won't get right. You know, none of us have this silver bullet. You know, we're not naive uh, about the parts that we'll get right, the parts that we won't. But without doubt, we want to encourage ahead of the equipping, the enabling. But we need all three. Right. Just to unpack a wee bit, one thing at all interest you know you, you spoke about word one-to-one uh, and I know that will be one of the uh, uh, techniques I suppose uh, techniques that, that they're on word one of the ways of sharing the gospel now when I heard that first of all you know reading the bible one-to-one with mm-hmm. someone I get the complete wrong you know end of the stick and actually I was scared because I had this this image of you know me and, and Starbucks uh, reading Leviticus <laughs> in front of this guy who's really, you know, scared and, and, and is bizarre. And then I realized it's, it's not that. And I thought reading the Bible one-to-one is actually revolutionary. But it's not revolutionary. It's just really what Philip uh, what, what um, Philip did with the Ethiopian unit. What wasn't Absolutely. it? The it is gonna, exactly. The boy's going along in a chariot. <laughs> he's reading the Bible. You know, he has a clue uh, what, what it's all about. Uh, and and then you know suddenly. So so explain what one to one reading the Bible is. Yeah, absolutely. And can I say, it is, it's one of many resources. And I always say to folks that, uh, you know, we've got a vision that wants people to become joyful Bible sharers. And as you rightly say, people get that imagery at first of, you know, turning open the kind of ESP study Bible, you know, kind of with, you know, uh, all the accompanying notes, you know, in Starbucks. Starbucks uh, or any other coffee outlet is a great place, uh, in actual fact, to to read the Bible uh, with someone. what do you actually do when you do it? If you look at the word one to onecom you'll see that you can either do this in, in, in a book format or you can do this in a kind of downloadable format uh, to a phone and various other things. But the, the actual process, and, and again, we provide training for churches and how they can equip their people to do that. And that's something you can contact me about. But one of the joys of it is that, I, I mean, I've been reading the Bible with folks from different backgrounds, from very diverse backgrounds. But the, the, we, we begin in John's Gospel. We are producing... Uh, other uh, books uh, of the Bible, not for those who are listening on... A wee bit of product uh, placement coming here. Yeah, absolutely. Not for those who uh, are 
you know, listening to the audio, but for those who are watching the video, uh, that's that's the kind of format uh, of what we do. Now that's episode that that's book one of John's Gospel, which in actual fact is three episodes. And uh, so the first episode is John one one to eighteen. And the format is a very simple format. And so, again, for those who are there, uh, the text of Scripture is down the left-hand side and the notes that accompany that text of Scripture are down the right-hand side. But what, what we would do with that, David, is we wouldn't ask anyone uh, to read out loud because people don't do that. You know, we do that in church, but we don't do that, uh, you know, in the context. So we always have, you know, if I'm sitting with someone, they'll have a book, I'll have a book. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll literally just, you know, have a coffee, what we're having, and just say, well, let's just look at the first, that first page. And they'll, they'll read the text, and there's some notes there. You don't even need to go through the notes. You're allowing the Bible to speak for itself, but the notes highlight one or two key points. They create one or two questions uh, that folks might answer. And so every time you find yourself doing this with somebody, there'll be a, a little question around, you know, th- this is kind of pointing to the creator, you know, and I, I'm not sure... If God is the, you don't get into a big discussion at that point. You just acknowledge that that is exactly what it's pointing to. Uh, and we're looking at the, the basis for this. And remember, John was an eyewitness of Jesus. And so, you know, what, what we do is we really just sit and for half an hour, I always say to folks, allow about 45 minutes, an hour, 10, 15 minutes or so. We don't just arrive and crack open the, you know, the Bible. We have a coffee, a blather together. Then we do, you know, half an hour or so together, just looking at that episode. And at the end of that episode, the, the first 18 verses of John's Gospel. And at that point, I would always say to folks, like, how did you find that? And the majority of folks that have said yes to you anyway will very often say, I found that really interesting. I'd love to know more. I've never read the Bible, despite the fact they may have had some preconceived ideas about the Bible. They've never actually read it. And so you would say, well, you want to meet again next week and we'll, we'll go into the next, you know, uh, you know, number of verses that look at John the Baptist, you know, because, you know, he, he, he was a guy that set everything up, you know. And, and, and so they say, yeah, I'd love to come back and do that. And, and so you find yourself. Now, you can be reading the whole of John's gospel with a person over a prolonged period of time uh, and one of the great things about that is if you started off with a goal I wonder if I could get this person to read John's gospel you know well suddenly you've been doing that but all the way through they've been asking you questions about the text they've been asking you questions about what you believe you've responded to that and sometimes people say well I don't know what to say if you don't know what to say you answer honestly that's a great question I don't know the answer to that, uh, but I'm going to go and find out a little bit more and maybe we're going to be chat about that. And so that might come after we've done a reading. We'll chat for a little 10, 15 minutes or so around that kind of area. Uh, and and what you find is that the, the, the believer grows in confidence, the confidence in the gospel themselves and in the power of the word of God to do what the word of God does. Uh, but they also, in actual fact, just feel great about the fact that here they are with a family member or a friend or, or an acquaintance or a neighbour or whatever, sharing uh, the word of God and, and they're reading it. Uh, and it's remarkable, you know, that we've got many testimonies on our uh, our website of folks who have become Bible sharers, you know, and, and you've got folks in the middle of lockdown reading the Bible over the garden fence with one another. Uh, now, what a great opportunity, you know, for the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And many people coming to faith as a result of that uh, and others beginning to explore life's 
big questions, the real things, you know, cutting, you know, behind, you know, a lot of the kind of, you know, uh, you know, self-fulfillment, you know, agenda that's there uh, in our society. Uh, and it's and it's the word of God just do what it does. I always say to people, you're not becoming a Bible teacher. You know, some of some of the worst folks, and I, you know, I, I say this as, as a fellow, uh, you know, uh, preacher and teacher and church leader, is the guys that are Bible teachers because there's a habit there that we want to show how much we know. It's not about being a Bible teacher, it's being about it's about being a Bible sharer. And so we're trying to get folks to just open up the word uh, with someone else. I always, you know, folks find it hard sometimes to make that first ask. And I always say to folks, you know, the worst I can say is no. Uh, you know, way back in the day when I was, uh, you know, studying for the ministry and, a, you know, a wife and three children, I, I had to go out and sell Encyclopedia Britannica. And uh, one of the things that they taught me, David, was to love the word no. Uh, and that helps. But, you know, one of the great things is I, I, I've got a little, I'm now a, a grandfather four times over. I'm a papa. Uh, my, my grandchildren call me papa. Uh, and I always use the papa principle, pray, ask, pray and act. Uh, and I'm praying for people. Uh, I'm always praying for family members or for friends or for acquaintances or for neighbours. And I always pray for strangers, you know. I'm, I'm the chaplain for Clyde Football Club. I always ask where have all the fans gone. Uh, but the, the, what do you call it? Uh, you know, the family members, the friends, the acquaintances, the neighbours, the strangers. And, it, it, and you just, you know, you get sensitive to what God is doing and you just make the ask. You know, one of the great things, I, I stepped down from uh, what I'm doing here at, uh, you know, at Calderwood as the lead pastor and uh, to go out and do what I'm doing now. And one of the uh, one of the guys that I've known for many, many years uh, phoned me up just to say, I'm going to miss you. You know, he was a handyman that used to come in and do some stuff. And I said, we don't need to miss me. How, why don't we get together for a coffee week by week and we'll read God's word? He said, I'd love to do that. Nobody's ever invited me to read the word of God. He said, read the, I'd love to do it. Uh, and so, you know, uh, and it was, but that was just one of those ones of being sensitive to the fact that maybe God was doing something. And so I took the risk and asked. More, more often than not, you're praying about a people, you know, you're praying about a person and you ask them, if they say no, it's okay. You know, the, the, you know sometimes we, we struggle with that because we feel as if they're rejecting us. You know, and, and we've, you know, there's a sense in which we've just got to accept that and say it's not a rejection. They're just not ready for that. Uh, and, you know, continue to pray. Maybe go back again. Some people's experience is that having uh, having asked somebody and somebody said no, maybe at a later stage to come back and said, maybe you said that, you're still doing that. Uh, because something has happened in their life. And again, that's back to that A to Z. You know, we... Now, honestly, I do go back to, you know, when we, we trained people in technique that they had to, you know, you had to be one side of the great chasm and get to the other side all in one, you know, setting. I, I think one of the things that we're doing is teaching people to understand God is at work and that, you know, we join in. I always love Ephesians 2 verse 10, you're God's workmanship, so it's unique created in Christ to do the good work which he's prepared in advance for you. Uh, and my experience of reading one-to-one is that God goes before us preparing the way. And if we do get a no, that's okay. Uh, and you just go back again and ask somebody else. You will get a yes. And then you go back and pray and say, Lord, this is now happening. And you, know, and you prepare yourself to act on that and to meet with them and to read with them. Don't be a Bible teacher, be a Bible sharer. Uh, if you know honest answers to honest questions, answer them uh, without doubt. That That's the relationship uh, that you're building with the person uh, and do that. Uh, but allow the text of God's word, allow the notes that are there to speak into the person's life.
Yeah, honesty is so important, and to say that you don't oh, know, I mean, shit. it can be really annoying if you're talking to a, a Jehovah's Witness, you know, and they're, they're lovely folk, you know, but one of the things that really annoys me is that they have got an answer for absolutely everything, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just got to say, we, we don't know. The other really fun thing about one-to-one is, you know, folk can criticise the church, folk can criticise Christians, but you're getting right back to Jesus, and the Bible is such mm. an exciting book. You know, John's Gospel, John 1 there, the word, you know, you've got the, the thing that makes everything tick. John the Baptist, you know, what a crazy guy. Locust, wild honey in the desert. You know, he, he's, he's interesting. John 3, Nicodemus, the, the philosopher, theologian guy. Uh, you know, John John 4, the, the woman at well, you know, in and out of relationships. <clears throat> You talk about box series, you know, it's got, it's got everything, hasn't it? All there, it really is all there. Uh, and, and some incredible statements all the way through. And so it's a great place uh, to begin. I mean, the, the use of John's gospel uh, has been absolutely central to what we're doing in the World One-to-One. And it's been a brilliant starting point. And, uh, you know, for particularly, and, and bear in mind, we, you know, the scripture is written that people might believe. You know, John actually gives us the reason within that gospel for why, you know, we should open that up. Uh, and so it's wonderful when you you find uh, an unbeliever, uh, a not yet Christian, uh, reading God's word with you. And, and again, if they get to the end of an episode and they think, well, you know, I don't want to do any more with that, but I thank you for that. You would love to have a coffee, love it to look at that. That's okay. Uh, again, it's God's word has spoken into the life. You know, the seed of God's word has been sown. Uh, and we we know from the teaching of our Lord that we're called to sow the seed of the word of God. And so uh, we, uh, we do that. But as I say, uh, very often people find themselves, you know, uh, engaged in that for a, a long time to come. And of course, the relationship deepens, the friendship deepens, uh, the experience sharing deepens. Uh, and the, you know, the the, the questions, uh, you, you either have answers or you look together, uh, you know, for answers, you know. Uh, but that honesty you talk about is absolutely central to it. You know, you've just got to be, be yourself. And the uh, okay. best kind of evangelists are those that are just so natural. Great. Well, our time's coming to an end, but just, just to recap, two big issues that we spoke about uh, today. Uh, <clears throat> passion for Life. Have you got the the website off path yes, for Yes, certainly. Uh, all, all the W's as usual. Apassionforlife.org.uk. Uh, and one of the things I'd encourage you there uh, is with the, if you fire onto that website, uh, there's just in the, the drop in the menu as you go down the, the, that, that page that you'll open up on, there's a place where you can register your interest. And if you register your interest, it then means you've got all the updates about the prayer gatherings, about the webinars, uh, access, uh, you know, downloads for the podcasts, all these kind of different things are all there. And so I'd encourage you to do that. And the other one is the word one-to-one uh, numerical numbers, so the word one-to-one.com, and that'll tell you uh, lots. And again, if you register on the word one-to-one.com, you can actually download all the materials for free. Uh, many people still find it comfortable, particularly in the coffee shop setting that you talked about, David, to uh, to read that uh, one-on-one in a coffee shop to uh, order the books, uh, but you can download that for free as well there. And again, if we can help in any way, 
shape or form in any of those things, uh, then don't, you know, drop me an email. Uh, it's simply john, J-O-H-N, at the word one-to-one.com or john at a passionforlife.org.uk. So uh, just put my name in front of those titles and, uh, you know, for the websites and I'll get that email and certainly happy to respond. Great. Well, a man of many parts and a man with many hats. So uh, if you belong to the Generation Network, if you're involved in the Free Church, you will hear of a passion for life. There's no doubt about it. Someone from a passion for life is coming to a church near you. You'll hear me talking about it more. You'll hear those of us involved in mission more. It's going to be a big thing uh, from now on until Easter 2022 and, and beyond that, because it's not just a week of mission, it's a, a lifetime of evangelism and also I would encourage to you reading the word one-to-one it is a great resource John thank you for being here listeners viewers of Generation Podcast uh, it's great to have you we've got some great uh, podcasts lined up for the next few weeks hopefully we'll be able to be a little bit more organised and tell you who is on board with us we've got I know we'll either have or we've just had Chris Kandaya who's going to be talking to us about Hong Kong Ready and lots of other really interesting stuff John thank you for being with us thank you it's been a real privilege